Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. So I know last week was a whirlwind. We went from crying on Friday with Eric to jumping till 10 o'clock with Alan to like, I don't even know what happened on Sunday. But, but, but in the midst of that, I just want to share some of what God did. How many of you know it's important? There's power in the testimony. Because the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. So what he did for one, he will do for all of us because we are all his children. Amen? Amen. So as we share, I want you to receive in your heart. But also, when they're done sharing, I want us to explode and celebrate what God is doing. Amen? Yeah. So I want to, I want to welcome up Bethany. Yeah, you get to go first. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. God spoke to us some time ago about Gen Z to really steward what God was doing in Gen Z and be intentional about it. So I asked her to share whatever she wanted. So here it comes. Let's use this one. Yeah. Come on. Hi. Um, so basically, some of you guys know this, some of you don't. Um, I moved, my par- Lord told my parents that they must move here because he wanted them here. For me, that was a really big deal. It completely shattered me. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to leave my family and my friends. Um, I felt very empty and very alone. Um, I ran away from God because I felt like he was the one who was causing me all of this pain. And I didn't feel like he could comfort me because he was the one doing it. Um, I put on a mask in front of all of my friends and family. I was very happy on the outside, but I would go home and I would cry in my bed. I was very, I went to my mom multiple times telling her I didn't want to live anymore. I just wanted it to all end. Um, as a result of hiding from God, when other personal things started to happen, um, I started to hide those from God too. I never went to him with my problems. I would pray and intercede for the things that were happening in Tampa, the things that were happening back in South Africa, but I would never intercede for the things that were happening personally to me and the attack I was under. Um, So Friday night, the first night of the conference, um, actually something happened just before Pastor Eric got up to speak, and I was very distracted the whole night. I didn't pay attention to anything he said. All I heard was something about a bleeding dream. (laughs) And I went home, and I cried, and I, I was, like, at the breaking point. I was like, God, I can't. I can't keep doing this, and I heard him whisper to me, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, so I gave him everything. I submitted everything to him, and I just basically broke in front of him and told him how I, how I was on the inside, basically, so Saturday morning, I wake up, and it was like a burden had been lifted completely off of me. I could literally feel it. Um, So we came to conference Saturday night, and in worship, and after after worship, when we were jumping here in the front, it was like jumping of freedom. I literally felt the freedom of not carrying this burden alone anymore. And then Sunday morning, um, um, I got hit with joy. And it was like God replaced everything that I had been carrying with his joy. And it was real and it was pure. And he broke off everything. 
burdens, the pain, the grief, it was all gone. And it was like he had replaced it with all his joy. So, yeah. That's a big deal. Come on up, Jennifer. I want to share one more. We actually got to share this one with the ministry school. You can come, yeah. This is Jennifer. She's a part of our ministry school on Tuesday nights, Life Bible School. Thank you. Hi, guys. First, I just want to say this is an honor to, to share this with you, and I just invite you all into my heart. My name is Jennifer. And today I felt led to share my testimony after experiencing such a strong encounter with the Holy Spirit on Saturday, September 17th. Almost four years ago, I lost my best friend, my mother. She was everything, so loved, so respected by her family and friends and coworkers. She had a gift from God of seeing what was in the world. And even though she had a GED certificate, she eventually retired as a police captain. When she passed away, my world crumbled. I felt lost, alone, and even like I died with her. This caused my life to fall into a generational curse, a family addiction. I began to smoke more cigarettes, more pot, take diet pills, Botox, fillers. I was shopping for worldly items, clothes, shoes, anything I could do because it actually gave me a high doing it. I didn't care about the effects on my body. My only objective was to numb the unbearable pain I was living through. I just wanted to see my mom and hold her and talk to her again. I only saw darkness. I didn't even have dreams of her or any dreams at all. It felt like God wasn't listening and answering my prayers. Then it got worse. I started to feel really sick. I put Robert, my husband, and my kids through hell. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I started to just feel really sick mentally and physically. Multiple doctors couldn't help me. Some said it was in my brain and my head. My face was covered with acne. My nerves were just shot and in the unthinkable. I had parasites in my body all over my skin, my ears, my scalp. Then I was diagnosed with Lyme's disease. I was trying everything to cure this from conventional to holistic medicines. Our family friend, Betsy, she tried helping me spiritually, but my walls were still up. You see, I was still idolizing my mother over Jesus. We started coming to abide, and little by little, I started to feel hope. The morning of May 15th, 2022, 
the Holy Spirit told me in my bathroom, <laughs> in my bathroom, sometimes good, something good was going to happen. I couldn't get to abide fast enough. I literally flew there. On that day, Tori was baptized after church. And with my families, Pastor Steve, Jackie, Marcus, and Richard, they prayed over me in that room right over there intensely. These pastors were the vessel that day that invited the Holy Spirit into the room and into my heart. Jesus stood so close to me, almost hovering. He was right there. He allowed me that day to see my mother. She was beautiful. She was in paradise. And Pastor Steve walked me through saying goodbye to her. And that was the beginning of my healing. A lot of wrestling has gone on in my heart, my mind. You see, my bathroom was where I encountered the devil and the parasites. But it's, it's also where I encountered the Holy Spirit. So on Saturday, September 17th, Pastor Alan Hood, he had me at bathrooms and mirrors. <laughs> when he began calling the Holy Spirit to heal the sick, and I heard the word limes, I started going down literally. <laughs> Stuck to the floor like glue. <laughs> Wrestling through tears and darkness to joy, to laughter, to more tears, to more darkness. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, he never left me. He did not back down. He won that day. He won. <laughs> and I experienced... <laughs> I experienced a drunkenness <laughs> like never before. I am still living my testimony. I will be healed. And I have asked the Lord for all the spiritual gifts of heaven so that I may one day be one of his vessels and heal others. Praise God. Praise God. I want to know all the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 13, 11. I'm so thankful for all the pastors here at Abide. In this church, in this house built for him, laying hands and praying over someone is taken very serious. And I have the utmost respect for that. I long to release the gifts of the Holy Spirit through my hands. So, Tiffany, <laughs> I just say to you, I'm coming for the lanyard. Come on, come on. This is our God, yeah? That is our God. Wow. I don't think you guys understand. You know, maybe you didn't catch it. For Jennifer, the place of torment was her bathroom. 
It was the place where God, where the enemy would torment her in front of a mirror and would say things to her. So when Alan stood on the stage and said, for some of you, you've been, you have built idols in mirrors and bathrooms, it was over. And I just want you to understand the intentionality of the Lord. This, this is the season that we're in. And so the whole weekend, not to glorify weekend, this is what God is doing among us. I mean, on Saturday night, this stage here was full with Gen Z and Robert. <laughs> I just love it. It was like all the young people and Robert was in the middle. Just, oh, could you raise your hand, Robert? I love you, man. This is her husband. I'm, I'm just so thankful, and I feel like we have to celebrate what God is doing, yeah? When, when David came and he shared on Sunday morning, God is happy, and God is in a good mood. And God is longing to touch his people. This is real. This is a very, like, even as she was sharing her testimony, some of you may have felt like, oh, my goodness, that's my story. I want you to know that you can leave here today changed. That the Holy Spirit wants to touch you. The Holy Spirit wants to transform you. And, he, and what he did for Jennifer, he will do for you. Amen? But as, as, we were, as I was preparing um, for today, I really felt like to just admonish us as a community to understand that I felt like last weekend there was a shift. This isn't a hype thing like, oh, no, I know that the word shift has been overemphasized and hyped. But I felt like for us, the fear of the Lord around acknowledging that God, he's beckoning us and he's calling us to something deeper, something more real, something more substantial. And, and like what I felt was God saying to me, you have to steward this. When I say you, I mean us. Say me. me. Us. That us as a spiritual family, we would take seriously the movement of God. Yeah. That there was someone who had been struggling for years and years and years and in what instant God delivers her. And her story becomes our story. It becomes us building history with God. Now you are responsible for what you heard. <laughs> you heard it. That God healed, God delivered, God set free. Not only that, what she said about the lanyard is now she's like, I want to be a part of the ministry team. That it's out of darkness into light, but not just light, I want to be used. <laughs> I want God to use me to do what, what happened to me, amen? So I want, to, I want to encourage us that God is saying that we, we, we have to steward this together. And part of this, I feel like, as we are stewarding what God is doing is we have to make room for God. If you were here on Sunday, nothing crazy happened. I mean, what happened to you might have been outside of your paradigm. But I mean, for those of you that don't know, there are many, 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 many scriptures on joy. So many that we created a packet for you. For the, seriously, for those of you that had, have questions about Sunday morning and what happened, there is, there is a packet that says joy is our inheritance. That's for you. Because I want you to understand that there is more available for you than you saying, I am blessed and highly favored, but living life miserable. Like today, I'm so, I was so blessed today. One of the primary blessings for me this morning was having my son in the room with people shouting, screaming, and jumping. Because I don't want my son to grow up in a staunch environment where people are so uptight and angry and displeased with God, but they say God is good. Either God is good or he's not. So I feel like God is asking us, will you make room for me? And for some of us, this, this is both corporate and individual. I want you to think about this for a moment. What would it look like for you to intentionally make room for God in your life? Like I know the pace of life and I know that the world is telling us that, that the epitome of life is hurry and hustle. Get yours, go, get yours, go. But in the midst of this, I feel like what we miss is many times, there's a story in the Bible of Moses where he walks past this burning bush. 
And it said Moses had to turn aside to experience the glory of the bush, which if you know the story, once he turned aside, he was commissioned and sent. But for many of us, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how many times God is burning in the midst of us, but we're too busy to see it. We're like, we're busy with our agendas and like, I know that we have responsibilities. I'm not negating our responsibilities, right? We have responsibilities and some of you in the room, you are called. What you are doing is what you are called to do. You're in the marketplace, you're working your job, God has given you favor, you are there. But what I'm saying is in this season, what would it look like for us to intentionally make room for God? In our calendars, in our checkbooks, in our relationships, in every part of our life saying, God, I invite you in because God is longing to move in the midst of us in a real way. In a real way, not just on Sundays, guys. What you are experiencing here in this room is available for you at your address, in your car ride. As you turn on your mute, whatever you've got to do to engage, he is longing to meet with you. He is God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Not just on Christmas. Not just at Abide. He is God with us. He is never changing. It's not like God, it's not like God is God intentional at 913 Dublin. God is God intentional everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, there he is. And so when, we, when we're awakened to this reality, I mean, for those of you last week, and I know there were so many things happening in the room and it was difficult, but what God is doing is he's shattering our boxes. It's this paradigm because I said it on Sunday, but I think it beckons saying again, you don't know what person next to you laughing was happening, what was happening in their heart 30 seconds ago. You just heard a testimony of a Gen Z girl who said, I didn't want to live, but spent an hour rolling on the ground laughing on Sunday. To me, that's a win. You're like, oh, well, 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 that's the flesh. Listen, some of you are going to go to lunch. And at your lunch, there's going to be people laughing. And you're not going to walk up to the table and say, hey, this is the flesh. Can you cease this? You're not going to do that. You're not, you're not but, but in church, and, and, and the issue, the issues become when, when the centrality of the service becomes around a person, then the actual person is not welcome. The, the goal of the gathering is not a message. If that was the goal, then back in the Old Testament, when God created the dwelling place tabernacle, he would have put a person in a manuscript in the center. This is not to negate the word. This is, we are word people. Listen to what I'm saying. We are word people. Every day, morning, noon, and night, we are in this room. We are about this. But what I'm saying is, when we come up, when we become offended, when the God of the word shows up, we've got an issue. So I, I'm just, I want to encourage us as a, as a family, everybody's invited on the journey. Say everybody. everybody. This is not for some, this is for everyone. And so I want to say this, maybe on Sunday morning you were giggling, maybe you're not. If you were, you're not more spiritual than those who weren't. It's not about like, oh, I'm missing the train. It's about God, I'm open. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. And, and for those that were in the room last week, it's this Psalm 42. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? My soul will sing praises to God. Some, this is what was happening in the room. God was birthing something in a people. And so you don't know so that the posture of heart should not be judging someone's manifestation, but saying, God, touch them and let it be real and sincere. 
This is what's going to help us. Because God cannot be in the midst of judgment and pointing fingers. Okay, good. I feel good. So we all desire for God to move among us in a real way. Say real. real. We want real. I'm serious about this. We want it to be real and sincere, but we want, but, but we want to be open. I'm going to keep saying this because I feel like it's so important to not close our hearts off. And I'm convinced God is eager to be invited into more spaces and places. And we cannot reduce the Christian life to a list and principles of do's and don'ts. This is not the Christian life. And the reality is, as God, as, as people get breakthrough, I think about David when the Ark of the Covenant came back and he was reestablishing the dwelling place of God, his very own wife became offended with him. And she says, listen, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? You are the king. And what was his response to her? I will become even more undignified than this. And I'm not saying this to offend. I'm just saying that sometimes somebody's ex extravagant expression will offend those that say it doesn't take all that. But in the midst of that, what God was doing in the scriptures is he was reestablishing the presence among the people. So we, we live in the most educated and self-reliant culture that has ever existed. To need and to be dependent is weakness. The only problem with this culture and this ideology is we are called as followers of Jesus to be completely dependent. The spirit of, of self-reliance and, and me being great is, I would go far to say, it's anti-Christ. Because Matthew 5 tells us, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are dependent, who are needy, who, who are wanting. And so for us to make space, like I love on Saturday night, if you were here, Alan was praying and the band was going and he said, stop the music. Either it's going to be God or it's going to be nothing. That was powerful. And I think we need more of that. Not just at Abide, but for you. Like have that posture of heart. Don't take my word for it. Go to the Bible. Go to the Bible and ask God, show me truth. But what we need is to have a sincerity of heart. And so James 4, it says this, therefore, submit to God. Say submit. submit. Submit to me looks like coming under the Lord's leadership. It's coming under him. God, I'm going to go your way even if it doesn't look like my way. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 8 is a powerful promise. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, weep. What is he saying? Like, be aware of what's happened. This is what David was saying on Sunday. Maybe some of us, we have said a prayer, but we have not encountered Jesus. And it's, let's have an inward reality, an understanding of what really happened when we said yes to Jesus. That we were once dead, Romans 6. You were once dead, but now you are made alive. And his death became our death, and his resurrection became our resurrection. Therefore, we are no longer a slave to sin. This is what happened. This is why we can have joy. Because the Geo who used to struggle with addiction and pornography and anger and all of that, God said, no longer. He ransomed all of it. And he said, I will now impute and give to you. You're not even hearing what I'm saying. I will now give to you my righteousness. Therefore, I don't have to worry about how good I am because it's about him. When it becomes about me, everything self-destructs. But when I put, this is why dependence is so important because you can't muster yourself to holiness. Holiness is about coming into contact with a holy one. 
and allowing his righteousness to touch our hearts and being open. But this can only happen as we make space. This isn't just going to happen by happenstance, guys. This is about us being intentional and making space for God. This is something God's been speaking to me about. We just went away as a staff on a retreat for 48 hours just simply to make time for God. Because the reality is you can do a lot of things for God yet still miss Him. At the very end of the book, he is addressing churches. And he's saying, listen, I see your deeds and they're good, but you have forgotten where you've come from. You have left your first love. Now, everybody reads that and has somebody else in mind. The danger is it could be you. It could be me. It could be any one of us. That's why we must, we must hold fast. We must lay hold of him and not let go. Not for money, not for social status, not for resources, not for the American dream. We must lay hold of God and let everybody go their own way. Well, I don't like the way you laugh. I don't care. I'm laying hold of him. I don't care the way you cry. Listen, if you would have come to abide two years ago, everybody would have been crying. And you probably would have been offended then. So here's, here's my point. As we make room for God, number one is let's make room for him. But when he comes, let us not be offended by his working among us. You hear what I'm saying to you? God is doing great things among us. Let us be glad. The promise of the scripture is he will make us joyful in his house of prayer. These are the promises and the inheritance for us as God's people. It's as he comes, he comes and he touches us. Do you believe this? I just have to pause. I just want to shatter that unbelief. He wants to come. He wants to touch you more than you want to be touched by him. He longs to be in the midst of all of it. This is what God is saying to me, man. Gio, you need more silence and more solitude. The only thing Jesus did often is go. Often, often Jesus went away to be with the Father. There's a drawing away where he's saying, listen, make time for me. Learn to Sabbath. I'm bringing you into Gio's journey. Learn to Sabbath. Sabbath isn't about watching Netflix and binging all day. It's not about, I don't do anything. The word Sabbath, oh, I want to read this to you, is, is, it means to stop. To stop working, stop wanting, stop worrying, just stop. But it could also mean this to delight. Like what if you intentionally had one day, let's start with like a quarter of a day. What if you said from Saturday, from 8 to 12, I'm going to do nothing but delight in God. I'm only going to do things that cause my heart to be refreshed. What would that look like? Uh, this is the journey I'm on to, to learn to really enter. Hebrews 4 says, work hard to enter into rest. Very seldom does the Bible say work hard for anything. But it says work hard to enter into rest because he knew in 2022 we were going to be living in a society that is an onslaught. Everything is vying for your time and your attention and it's promising you something. And the reality is it leaves you barren. glad you agree he's saying Gio will you simplify your life simplify your life this is not about being poor or preaching like simplify your life there's too much happening guys how many of you feel this so much that's happening she gets it there's 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 too much going on 
There's too much going on. And when we find ourselves in a place in life where we're like, I just don't have time for God, we have to stop and pause. We have to stop, pause, and assess. We've got to slow down. We've got to be present and in the moment, guys. I'm saying this to you because I feel like, it's like, well, I just don't know. I don't feel God. What if the pace of life has numbed us to the realities and the beauty of God? Father, we ask you for grace. God, would you deliver people from the American dream and the ideology? More is just more. It's not better. It's just more. It's just more. And it's a never-ending pursuit that leads to nothingness. That's why he said, all my fountains are in money. All my fountains are in all my fountains are in you. All my fountains are in you. So historically, those who experience God in one season, and I want to preface this, historically, those who experience God in one way in one season have trouble experiencing God in the next. The, the principal issue becomes... <laughs> The principal issue becomes God does not move like that. <laughs> Help us, Lord. That's not the way God does things. I want to show you a scripture. Isaiah 55, in Jesus' name. Is the cameraman gone? Oh, no. You just never know anymore. Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Declares, this is a declaration. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. What if, what if, this is God's strategy for deliverance. Can you put Psalm 135, 6 up? The Lord does what? Whatever pleases him throughout all the heaven and earth, on the seas and in their depths. What's my point? God is God. And he gets to do whatever he wants. And I have found in Gio's life, this is not for you, this is for Gio. The more that Gio resists something, the more Gio needs that thing he's resisting. This probably doesn't apply to you, but for Gio, the more resistant I am to what's happening and what God is doing, the more I often need that which, which I am resisting. 
So, <laughs> so the kingdom of God is peace, righteousness, joy. In what? In the Holy Spirit. If I was the devil, I would let you have peace. I would let you have righteousness, but I would pull back joy. Because the Bible says... That's your spiritual dad. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Meaning as we allow God, as we allow God to come and fill us and impart his joy, we are strengthened in our inner man. This strengthening is, is not just giggles. It's as the enemy comes, there's an inner fortitude to say, I'm not going that way. I'm not going that way. You can threaten me with a loss of this and a loss of that, taking this, taking that, but I, I'm not going that way because his joy has been filling me. <laughs> so, this is so bad. We just came back from a retreat, so. I really saw Tyler crying over a cupcake. I was sitting and he was like... <sighs> like what is happening over there I watched the whole thing it's true my next point is offense is one of the primary hindrances for believers experiencing fullness I encourage everyone in the room to read the bait of Satan so you can learn how you have no right to be offended. You just don't know. You just don't know. I just want to, I want to submit this to you humbly. You don't know what the person next to you has gone through. You don't know the season of isolation, the season of barrenness, and how God is, he's now welling up in them something that they've been praying for for years. So, so <laughs> the reality is the Lord often packages things in a way that you have to overcome to receive. What's my point? Who does God choose to lead all the nation of Israel? A small shepherd boy. Why do, why do people become offended with Jesus as he comes to them to heal them? That's Jesus from Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Just listen to what I'm saying. I know there's a lot, but just, just, I submit to you. Why would God choose Paul to minister to the Jews when he spent years persecuting them? Why? He could have chose Peter. He makes more sense. He's cutting people's ears off. You know, like, his ways are not our ways. Listen, in Acts 13, when, when Paul is coming... <laughs> I'm going to get it out. <laughs> when Paul is coming to the church in Acts, he's coming on the scene to the church in Antioch. I want you to recognize the only reason this church in Acts 13 is there is because Saul was killing them. 
And God takes that man and says, you're the one I'm going to use to minister to them. You're like, well, God just wouldn't make people laugh. I'm just, I'm just reading to you some of God's ways. I'm glad you agree. What's my point? We must learn to be fluid and embrace his leadership. And if God gives me grace, I'm going to go through my last point. <laughs> we, we have to keep our hearts anchored in more. Say more. This doesn't just mean more of what's happening right now, just more. He is the God of more. He is the God of more. That's why when, when Jennifer came up and shared your testimony, if you're struggling, your posture of heart should be, I'm not leaving today until I have that. He is the God of more. He is the God of Jacob, Isaac, and Israel. He is the God of more. He is the God who splits the seas. He closed the mouths of lions. He is the fourth man in the fire. He is the God of more. This is our God. He is a consuming fire. He is the God of gladness. He is fairest among 10,000s. You cannot put God in one box. He is God of judgment and the God of loving kindness. The Bible says this, that he, Psalm 42, he commands his loving kindness to go forth. The same God who is judge, who we will all stand before, he says, I command my loving kindness to go. That word loving kindness is tenderness and a consideration. Imagine this. Who is this God? Who is this God? He is both fear. He is, there is a awe and fear of the Lord. Yet he says, my com I command you to be considered and loved. My, I feel the Lord. This is God. We cannot relegate this God. And we cannot overemphasize like you cannot be too extravagant in this. There's no limit to our extravagance and our pursuit of God. The way that we've done church historically has done nothing for us. It's done nothing. Our children's grandchildren are no longer in church because they don't want anything to do with that. So why not say, God, we're just open. That's why I'm praying. This is for me. It's for Judah. You think this is for you? So, so this is for one day Judah's going to have a place where God can be God. Our children and our grandchildren can walk into a place and say, the fullness of God is here. If he wants to come in joy, come. If you want to come in awe and wonder, come. If you want us to go low, we'll bow. Whatever you say, we'll do it. He's wanting to deposit faith into a people. Hebrews 11 says this, now faith is substance. Say substance. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Through their faith, the people in days of old, and he talks about the people of days of old, they inherited something. By faith, we understand the entire, this is crazy. By faith, we understand the entire universe was formed at his command. This is our God. This is why we pray with confidence over things like cancer and die. Because God spoke and things happened. You have like.
like, I have a problem with that. Then take it up with God. This is your Bible. By faith, he spoke and things came into existence. Yet that God is not powerful enough to come into your circumstance and change it. This is God. This is Yahweh. And the crazy thing is, as we come together, a few hundred people, he comes and he says, I desire to touch you. I desire to be in the midst of you. Guess that's the end of my notes. <laughs> yeah, here's my, la- here's my last point. Being a faithful witness or one who's anchored in faith doesn't always look the way we think it would look. For many of us in the room, we would say, who is a person of faith? And you all have different different things that pop into your mind. Billy Graham, this person, that person. And all of those people are men of faith. But the biblical narrative sometimes looks like God speaking to Jonah and him being the hundred-year guy who's building a boat when there's never been rain. Noah. I always say Jonah. If that's the worst thing that happens this morning, I'm in good shape. This, this man built a boat for a hundred years, declaring rain is coming, but there's never been rain. Abraham waits a lifetime for a promise. God speaks to him in his oldness of age. His wife laughs at him. And then God speaks to him and says, now that promise you've been waiting for, I want you to go kill it. Ain't nobody laughing at that one. The, the, the biblical narrative is, is God calls Moses, says, I want you to go deliver my people from the most powerful nation. What's the strategy? I'm going to send you with a stutter and take a stick. <laughs> Joshua's like, it's time to enter into the promise. God, can I have the strategy? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to march around one time for seven days. Here's the big hurrah on the seventh day, seven times, and then you're going to scream. And Joshua's like, bro, I need something, like, I need something a little better. Blueprints, strategies, divine appointments, angels, seraphims, whatever. But, but a, heart anchor, a heart anchored in faith, it refuses to dismiss God in the equation. <laughs> Some of you is like, you underestimate what you've got going on on your side, bro. We've considered everything that's against us and we have forgotten who is with us. <laughs> so, so faith in God doesn't deny the circumstance. Hear what I'm saying. It doesn't deny the reality of the circumstance. It just refuses its testimony. I understand what you're saying, doctor. I just refuse that testimony. I understand, I understand, I understand what you're saying. I hear you. And this is the reality, man. Like, I see what things look like. I hear what people are saying, but none of that changes what I know. (laughs) I want to read to you a scripture that has been rocking me. It's one scripture. And then we're going to pray. You can make your way home. (laughs) I believe in you, bro. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. 
we've been together for a long time. I believe in you. Psalms 89.8 says this. <laughs> you could put it up, computer guy. Are you still alive? Oh, Lord, is it not in there? Okay. Oh, Lord, God of heaven and armies, where is there anyone as mighty as you? Listen to the question. This is the question being posed to us as a community today. Oh, Lord, oh, God of heaven's armies, where is there anyone as mighty as you? You are, say, he is. He is. It says, you are entirely faithful. Did you hear what I just said? That's what the Bible says about your God. The New King James translation says, faithfulness surrounds him. We, hundreds of us in the room this morning, it would be silly for me not to think that there aren't issues and circumstances, deep sadness and all kinds of things going on. But in the middle of that, there's a God who is leaning in who the very core of him, there is not one ounce of him that is not faithful. The faithfulness of who he is surrounds him. And he intends for it to touch you. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Like, well, man, I've just been in a season. That's great. Let the season be over. <laughs> Just, just just, let it be over. Does this mean that, that like once you walk out these doors that all of your problems are going to go away? No, probably not. But as you receive from God, <laughs> he, he, he witnessed, that was a witness in his spirit. As God touches you, he can do something in you that can go far beyond. He wants to do more than you can think, ask, or imagine. Even the babies agree. I want to pray over us, and then we just want to make space. So can we just stand, if you can? Why don't we all just close our eyes and just, we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We honor you. We honor you. Father, we ask you for grace to make space. Father, we declare to our souls and our spirits, we will not be offended by your ways. We ask you to give us faith for more. Faith for more. Faith for more. Thank you for peace.
We thank you for showering us. We love you. Would you just begin to just express yourself to him across the room? This is just us engaging with Abba. We love you. We love you, Abba. We love you, Lord. We're here for you. We love you. discernment in fact that's encouraged greatly encouraged discernment but that's a quick thing discernment is a quick thing when we get distracted by the question is this of God or isn't it and then it goes into theology and doctrine and before we know it we're, our eyes are off of what God is actually doing and we're so deeply involved in our own heads and as I sensed that the Lord was was speaking this to me he reminded me of the story of Joshua who came up this figure appeared and scholars argue that this was actually Jesus the captain of the Lord of hosts this is Jesus who came. And you know, he said, he walked up and he said, are you for us or against us? And he said, neither. In other words, he said, your eyes are on the wrong thing. Your heart is on the wrong thing. He said, I have come. Simply, I have come. And what I sense the Lord is saying to your questions, you're focused on the wrong thing. You're getting distracted. I have come, I have come. Receive what I have for you. Receive what I have for you. We just wanna open up, we just wanna open up the altars. If you're here, you're like, man, I need to get prayer for sickness, for anything. We just wanna open it up. And for those of you that God's touching, I'm just gonna ask, would you just come? And let's just, let's just respond to the Lord and saying, God, we're gonna steward this together. I just feel like there's an intentionality that we're going to carry this as family. As family. It's not just for a select few or the quote-unquote anointed. We are God's family. Being built together as a dwelling place of God. So we just encourage you to just come. We just want to pray and partner with you.
shoulder that's kind of going down into their hand. Yeah, I just, even since the end of worship, I just felt like I had a word of knowledge. The Lord wants to heal that right now. So God, we just thank you for highlighting that in the name of Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you that you paid the price for healing. And so we don't have to strive for it or muster it up, Lord. We just receive right now. And so I just speak healing in the name of Jesus over you, Lori. Healing in the name of Jesus. That numbness and tingling would go in the name of Jesus. And that pain would go in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word going forth, God. Oh, we thank you for the stripes that you took so that we may be made whole in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I just wanted to share for a minute oh, what happened last week for me. Um, for about 16 or 17 years, I have walked around in deep depression. In deep depression. And it's been really easy for me to encounter the person of Jesus and to see him as a lamb who was slain and to, to honor that. It was really good for me to understand that God loves me because Jesus died for me. That was very easy for me. But I grew up in a household where there was not a lot of joy and laughter. And we grew up in revival culture, so people were being healed and rolling on the floor, but not a lot of laughter. And uh, last week, I walked around and I went to come to my seat and I, the Lord just knocked me out. And as the man of God read from the word of God, the attribute, attributes of the father and his gladness, I would begin to shake and laugh under, uncontrollably as he delivered me from depression. And for the first time in my life as 33 years old, I feel the love of the father not just that Jesus loves you so he died for me. I feel the Father not only loves me, but he likes me and he delights in me. And that didn't come from me mustering something up. It came from the reading of the word of God. And I just want to release that this morning, that there are people in this room who are walking with great sadness and the Lord has so much joy and it may not be you rolling on the floor. Please don't put that like it has to look like that. But Father, in the name of Jesus, would you deliver your people this morning, God, from sadness? And would you show them that you don't just love them, Father God, Papa God, Daddy God, that you're not just like the Lincoln Memorial up there, like far away, stone and cold and unapproachable, but that you are a daddy who delights and likes his children. Oh, he likes you. Oh, he likes his children. God, we thank you for freedom this morning, God. We thank you for freedom this morning, God. Freedom, God. My daughter asked me this morning what the word free meant. And at first I was like, well, it means it doesn't cost anything. And then the Lord was like, well, there's another there's another definition. It means to be pure. It means to be without. And the Lord wants to set people free this morning to remove the impurities. So would you do it, Lord? Would you do it, Lord? In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for freedom. Oh, God, we thank you 
But we thank you, God, that it means it is it is pure, that it is holy, that it is without. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My wife this morning felt like we, we felt like we had a prophetic word for today that if you have been dealing I just the word that I'm hearing in my head is a great sadness like the great sad maybe you've even called it that like the great sadness just this deep sadness over your life for a long time or maybe maybe it's not been so long but it's been very deep if that's you and you just want freedom today if you think, if you want when you wake up in the morning to see bright colors instead of dull ones, come forward. I feel like there's joy for mourning, praise for heaviness. If that's you, if you just have deep, deep sadness, would you just come forward? Let's just pray as a community really quickly over them. Just as a family, just to know we're rallying together. Father, in Jesus' name, for those that came or those that remain, God, we ask you in Jesus' name for a lifting off of the sadness and the burden and the weight. We ask you by your Holy Spirit to come in and to touch the depths of the heart. We thank you for a lifting. We thank you for grace. 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 ask you for fullness over everyone that you would lift the burden and the yoke that you would touch with a supernatural love would you pour out your spirit God would you make dry places flow and crooked paths straight you are the God of more we ask would your goodness pass before them would you make your goodness pass before them, God?
ask you, Holy Spirit, to touch every heart. That there would be a lifting off of deep sadness and mourning and sorrow. We pray as a community, would your Holy Spirit come and let there be a great exchange. my life you have been faithful just one more time just as a community over every person even over yourself all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been good we say yes and amen God Is it something you do? It's who you are. And we just speak that over every person, that your goodness would pass before them. In Jesus' name. That it would break generational curses and depression and anxieties and sadness. And that there would be a release of your joy, of your peace, of your hope, of your goodness over every life. We thank you for what you're doing, God. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you and we will not resist your ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Hey, listen, guys, you guys are welcome to stay and linger. We're going to continue to pray for these down here. We just ask you to please honor what God is doing in the altars. We love you guys. We'll see you in prayer room or next Sunday. We hope you had an amazing Sunday. Bless you guys. Bless you guys.